Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Sask Egg Today. Coming up on today's program, Saskatchewan's agriculture industry has posted a fourth consecutive year of record agri-food exports. We'll tell you how much was shipped and where it's all headed. As well, more reaction from yesterday's big announcement from LDC. The government of Saskatchewan is welcoming LDC's announcement of that new pea protein isolate production plant at the site of its existing industrial complex in Yorkton. We'll hear from Yorkton MLA Greg Ottenbright, who spoke on behalf of the province. And of course, the Saskatchewan pulse growers are thrilled that a pea protein production plant is being constructed in Yorkton. The executive director of the pulse growers, Carl Potts, will join us on today's program as well. So all of those stories and much more on today's edition of SaskAg Today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. Saskatchewan's agriculture industry has posted a fourth consecutive year of record agri-food exports, with shipments totaling $20.2 billion for 2023. The leading agri-food export commodities in 2023 were non-Durham wheat, canola seed, canola oil, Durham, lentils, and canola meal. The top five international market destinations were the United States, China, Japan, Mexico, and Algeria. Trade and Export Development Minister Jeremy Harrison says we have already surpassed our 2030 growth plan target of $20 billion in agri-food exports. He says this milestone not only reflects the dedication of Saskatchewan farmers, but also the global demand for the high-quality agricultural products that they consistently deliver. In addition to raw commodities, processed products are a key contributor to the province's agricultural exports, with canola oil as Saskatchewan's third highest agri-food export and canola meal the sixth. These products provide an opportunity to reach the 2030 growth plan target of increasing agriculture value-added revenue to $10 billion. Saskatchewan's exports have grown by more than 52.1% since 2013. Trade and investment offices around the world support Saskatchewan companies seeking investment opportunities and promoting trade. The province says it looks forward to continuing to expand exports, opening new markets, and sharing Saskatchewan's story with the world. It's time now for the Beef and Forage Report. And that's a presentation of Bumper to Bumper in Langenberg and Rokenville, your auto parts professionals. 
Let them find the parts no one else can. Open 8 to 6, Monday to Saturday. Call 306-743-2332. Beef and Forage Report. Chicago Mercantile Exchange cattle futures turned lower on profit-taking yesterday, even as rising wholesale beef prices and a firming cash market continued to offer support to the market. The U.S. Department of Agriculture said the choice boxed beef cutout was up $139 at $295.46 per hundredweight, while select cuts gained $0.35 cents to $284.95 per hundredweight. Traders said they expect this week's prices in the cash market to be higher than last week, followed by strength in the southern U.S. plains that has given the futures market a boost. One broker said cash prices firming could extend into next week amid forecasts for storm systems across parts of the upper plains this weekend or next week, which could impact cattle feeding regions. And that's today's Ag Review. It's time now for the Ag Review, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. GX94. Agri-Review. While Canada's canola exports fell back so far this marketing year compared to last year, those for wheat were up, according to the Canadian Grain Commission. Released yesterday, the monthly export report took Canada's exports for cereals, oil seeds, and pulses to the end of December. China remained Canada's top canola customer, taking in 271,300 metric tons in December, but that's down from the 383,600 tons they imported the previous December. Although Canada's total wheat exports were up from 2022-23, the country-by-country country story was mixed, according to CGC data. As with canola, China continued to be Canada's top wheat buyer at 262,700 metric tons, but that's down from the year ago of 371,400. Canada's total amber Durham exports were lower so far this year as well, at 1.24 million metric tons at the end of December, compared to 1.92 million a year ago. Customers such as the EU, Morocco, Tunisia, and the UAE sharply cut their acquisitions from Canada. The British Columbia government is hosting a series of workshops in more than 30 communities to help farmers around the province prepare for a potential drought this summer. Farmers will receive water management advice and information about available financial support. The B.C. government says the sessions will take place this month through to April for communities in the southern interior, Caribou, Kootenays, Okanagan, Lower Mainland, Peace Region, and Vancouver Island. The workshops are free, though registration is required. 
Prince Edward Island says it has a new funding program for farmers looking to adopt clean technologies and reduce greenhouse gases. The province says the PEI Agriculture Energy Systems pilot program will offer $1.4 million. It says the program will support farmers by offsetting costs associated with an increase in the use of technology that supports energy conservation. The program is a one-year pilot with the possibility of extension depending on application and internal evaluations. The AgroPure Dairy Cooperative has reduced its debt load to its target levels after hitting a peak during the pandemic. The Montreal area-based dairy processor is reporting debt amounting to 2.4 times its earnings before interest taxes, depreciation and amortization for the fiscal year ended October 28th. In 2019, AgroPure appointed CEO Emile Cordeaux to the top job to lower the tides of red ink that resulted from a series of acquisitions in the 2010s. The debt ratio climbed to a high of 8.3 times in April of 2020 before falling to its current level. The first time in years the target ratio of between two and three times was achieved. AgroPure says net earnings rose 5%, to $133.9 million last year from $127.2 million in 2022, while revenue decreased 3% to $8.251 billion from $8.48 billion. A U.S. court has nullified the government's latest approvals of certain agricultural herbicides sold by Bayer, BASF, and Syngenta, fueling uncertainty among farmers who spray the products on soybeans and cotton genetically engineered to resist them. Environmental activists cheered the court for halting use of the dicamba-based herbicides, which are known to drift away and damage crops that cannot tolerate the chemical. Some farm groups and agribusinesses said the ruling, if enforced by the federal government, risks hurting farmers financially and reducing options for fighting weeds that are increasingly developing resistance to a limited number of herbicides. The company said they disagreed with the ruling and were waiting for direction from the Environmental Protection Agency. The EPA said it was reviewing the decision. And SaskAg Today is always available on podcast. Listen to past shows whenever you want. Find them easily by going to gx94radio.com. Also, you can hear the podcast on your Amazon Echo. Just enable the GX94 skill and choose SaskAg Today. And yes, it's free. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. I'm Doug Falconer. We have light snow and minus 5 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at 1 o'clock. The government of Saskatchewan is welcoming Louis Dreyfus Company's announcement of a new pea protein isolate production plant at the site of its existing industrial complex in Yorkton. Yorkton MLA Greg Ottenbright says it's great for the entire province. Well, you know, it's great news not only for Yorkton and area, but for the province. I mean, you know, it's a focus that we've had as a government for quite a while, reflected on our growth plan about, you know, not, in, not only increasing our crush capacity for canola and like, but also the pulses. Uh, you know, pr- uh, processing 50% of the pulses produced in the province. So this announcement through LDM, uh, Louis Dreyfus Company, 
is going to get us very close to that 50% goal in our growth plan. Not only that, but like the investment in the province, uh, agribusiness, agri-food, value-added is all very important parts of our economy. You know, many would argue it's our top or, you know, very close to the top too when you look at uh, resource development and, and processing and, and then you look at our ag sector. Uh, you know, it's a huge part of our economy, not only for the investment in business, but also the employment opportunities and, you know, the longevity of, uh, of our, of our uh, strong economic position and, and all the rest of it. So it's, it's a great announcement, again, for, for our, whole, our whole province. He notes LDC and JRI are in the process of doubling the capacity of their canola crushing facilities in Yorkton as well. Well, it does. And you couple that with grain millers. I mean, they've quietly been expanding uh, harvest meats as well. You start looking at some of the other value-added and agriculture-centered businesses, and you look at our uh, our implement dealers and our you know equipment dealers and things like that. All the rest that feeds into it, whether it's uh, you know all all kinds of different businesses, not only feed into the egg but benefit from the egg. Our whole economy and our, our area benefit from ag immensely. So it's just it's great news for you know all around. And uh, you know it's it's something I'm pretty proud of as a government. We get um, criticism from time to time from different things, but uh, you know to me I look back, especially over my career, how we focused on making Saskatchewan an attractive investment environment for business, agribusiness, growing the population, you know, everything that, that is required to make a province strong and, and have a really good position, uh, you know, uh, time-wise and, and length, uh, life, lifetime-wise. And, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of the things that we've done over the, over the years taking fruition, really, really uh, showing some, some benefits. And, uh, you know, Yorkton is quickly becoming a, a value-added or an, an economic and ag powerhouse when you look at all the other ag-related things around here. And then, you know, we're very closely, close in proximity to the potash mines, but also a lot of other mining uh, people that are involved in mining are, are living around here and, and uh, growing their families around here as well. So it just really bodes well to, to our whole province and, and the strength of our community in our area in East Central Saskatchewan as well. Audenbright says the new jobs will bring more people to Yorkton. Yeah, I mean, that's with the 60 that expected to run the plant, but I mean, we'll be looking at hundreds uh, involved in the construction of the plant, and I think the number I, I've been told is a half a million dollar inv- or half a billion dollar investment in building the plant. Uh, you know, so that whole uh, Grain Millers Road corridor out to 16 Highway, I, we're bound to see even some more investments, you know, quite likely along that road. Uh, that's probably our next in- industrial complex. So, you know, it'll be uh, really encouraging and, enli- and, uh, and exciting to see what starts developing in that whole corridor, the spinoffs that will likely come from from these investments by these major companies, but also, again, some smaller companies and, and suppliers and, and different industries that are likely to develop along that corridor on the north side of town as well. He adds the new pea protein production plant will also be huge for farmers in the area. Yeah, exactly. And then when you look at even the shipping and things like that, I mean, you know, they can go maybe not directly from the field to the to the plant, but, uh, you know, that opportunity may, may be there as well. But, uh, you know, you're not shipping... A lot of this, uh, like the, these pulses through peas, or like the canola now, a lot of it goes directly from the, from the from the farm, essentially to the to the plant. So you save a lot in that transportation as well. And value added is something we've been focusing on, and we're raw materials and having it processed somewhere else to have it processed not only in Saskatchewan but right here in our community of Yorkton is is pretty exciting. And uh, I mean, we've heard the numbers before that whole grain millers intersection and that part of uh, our highway system is essentially carrying about 30% of the the uh, 
products grown in the province right now uh, going through that growing through that area so I mean with this announcement we're bound to see even more of that and it gives us more of a, a incentive or more of a, a reasoning to improve that whole northern corridor the grain millers road corridor the intersection on highway 9 north and all the rest of it so you know a lot of work we'll have to do as a province to uh, to accommodate that as well so that'll be our part of it but uh, you know this is exciting as well as you look at uh, really that LDC has had no application for any kind of funding from the provincial government just the the environment that's been set is welcoming them they see it uh, valuable or, and in their, in their interest as well as the industry's interest to invest in our area and uh, you know I'll do what I can as, from my point point as the MLA and and uh, I know on, on the part of government to make sure we uh, we address whatever concerns that they'll have when it comes to transportation and things that are going to be required for the added capacity going through that area. Greg Ottenbright is the Saskatchewan Party MLA for Yorkton. Livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for April are trading at 186.50 this hour. That's up 170. June live cattle trading at 183.62 up 142 March feeder cattle trading at 24742 up 187 April feeder cattle trading at 25242 up 122 April lean hogs trading at 807 down 102 May lean hogs trading at 8570 down 65 and that's the livestock market conditions. Now it's time for the Heartland Livestock Report from Yorkton. Producers, Junior for Heartland Livestock Yorkton with your market report for the week of February 7th. A real nice run on offer here with 2,065 in the sort, 595 cows for a total of 2,660. While on the feeder market, we saw a climbing trend on all classes, some up by 18 to 20 cents per hundred. Long story short, it was hot and the buyers are on fire. A few highlights. 575-pound buckskin steers at 429, 650 weights at 392, 865 weights at three and a quarter. 565-pound block steers, 435, 640 weights at 391, and 850 weights at 320. On the red X steers, 575 at 431, 650s at 386, and your 860s at 320. On the effort trade, 500-pound buckskin halfers, 396, 640 weights at 340, seven weights at 315. On the block heifers, 500 pounds at 394, 570 at 371, and the 720 weight block heifers at 299.75. On the red X heifers, 500 pounds at 395, 640s at 326, and the 715 weights at 307. On the common bull trade, we saw 400 cows average $1.3150. D1 cows, 133 to 144. Your D2s, 121 to 132, and your D3s, 108 to 119. Your light shelly cows, 40 to 93. On the half rest, we saw 120 head from 140 to 236 to average $1.90. Bulls, 130 to 158 average $1.50. Last week's spread cow sales saw 200 cows range from 1950 to 3300 to average $2,700. Strong demand for these top-end cows. Also, pre-sorts every week, sorting on Mondays and Tuesdays, receiving until 4 p.m. for feeder cattle. Also, the February 24th pre-sort sale will be a one-day sort due to the holiday Monday. We will only receive on Tuesday, February 20th. The Saskatchewan pulse growers are thrilled. A pea protein production plant is being constructed in Yorkton. Louis Dreyfus Company made the announcement yesterday. Executive Director of the Pulse Growers, Carl Potts, says it's a big deal. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for many years we've been doing a lot of the, you know, the background work to try to increase demand for pulses and pulse-based ingredients, and you know, and yet another um, you know announcement and, and investment in a significant PE processing plant in Saskatchewan is you know is positive news. We you know we've done a lot of work to try to diversify you know demand. We're very reliant on export markets for for pulses and uh, and building some more demand uh, here within Canada and within Saskatchewan is is positive news for Saskatchewan growers. He explains what a pea protein production plant will do. Yeah, basically, uh, you know, and, and many companies do this is they, uh, you know, they take whole peas and they fractionate them into their component parts. So typically pea protein, pea starch and, and pea fiber, and then, uh, you know, then sell and market those ingredients to you know, largely the food companies, but to the pet food companies and you know, and for in industrial uses as well. So, um, you know, the, again, without no, knowing uh, details of of their uh, their specific plans, typically, um, you know, looking to add value to the you know to the peas by by marketing their uh, their component parts. Pot says it's great to have a domestic market for peas. Yeah, there's many things going on in the in the pea market, and and things that have happened over the the last five or ten years as well. Um, you know, many growers will know that uh, India used to be a very major market for us for uh, for peas, and and really we've been shut out of that market until just very recently. So you know, China has been a very important market over the last number of years. With uh, you know, in, in some cases, 80% of our exports going to to that one market. That's been very positive for Saskatchewan growers over that time period. But we know that that. Uh, results in a lot of uh, a lot of risk when you have all of your or most of your production going to just one market. So a lot of work uh, from our set of things to try to diversify that demand, you know, and and really build you know some more more demand for uh, protein ingredients and and other things there. So that's you know that that's the positive side of, of more domestic processing, is that we you know we help to diversify our markets, but then we also uh, help to take some of the you know the constraint off of our our uh, constrained west coast uh, supply chain exports through Vancouver um, and other west coast ports uh, are sometimes constrained. So th- that's beneficial as well. And he notes pea protein is found in many different food products. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's right. It's uh, it, you know, it's an ingredient that goes into into many other things. So, you know, when uh, when people buy protein supplements, for example, uh, you know, there's many sources of protein there. But um, you know, some pea protein goes into into uses there. But in like into many food products that are incorporated just as as one uh, you know one ingredient. So again, not not things that people typically buy too much uh, directly off the, the shelf, but become an important ingredient in many, many uh, food products. So many food companies are incorporating uh, pea protein and, you know, and other pulse products for a few attributes, one for the health and nutrition attributes to be able to increase protein, increase fiber, uh, re- reduce glycemic index of, uh, of foods in some cases, but also in many cases for the sustainability benefits. So, you know, the very positive uh, production practices that we have here in Western Canada and in Saskatchewan in particular that growers already use or or some of the reasons that uh, that food companies and others are are moving more to to pulse-based products because they can um, you know they can capitalize on a very positive environmental um, benefit uh, that's really due to Saskatchewan farmers production practices work on the new facility in Yorkton is expected to be complete by the end of 2025 and will employ about 60 people
Please stay tuned. Your commodities update is coming up in one minute's time. Commodities Update. Canola futures are trading up across the board this afternoon. March canola trading at 595.10, up a dollar 60. May canola trading at 602.90, up $3.50. March Minneapolis wheat trading at 681 per bushel, down 15 and a quarter cents. March Kansas City wheat trading at 599 per bushel down 19 and a quarter cents. March Chicago wheat trading at 584 and a half, that's down 17 and a half cents. March corn trading at 432 and a half, down 1 and 3 quarters of a cent. March soybeans trading at 1184 and a quarter, down 4 and 3 quarters of a cent. March oats trading at 372 and 3 quarters down nine and three quarters of a cent. And that's the commodities update. Protein is an important building block in a person's diet, whether it be animal-based or plant-based. We recently spoke to registered dietitian Carol Harrison about protein's benefits. A lot of us would probably say, well, for muscles, of course, for growth, growing kids, pregnant women. But they might not realize that protein is actually a major part of every cell. And so what that means practically is that it makes up 50% of our bones, for example. It makes blood and antibodies too, important for staying healthy. And it's a major building block for brain and nerve structure. So those are just some extra ideas for why protein is so incredibly important in our diet. There are many sources of protein available. We've got fish, we've got dairy, we've got beans, we've got nuts and seeds, we've got beef, turkey, poultry. They all come with a whole variety of different kinds of Nutrients. So eggs are great for choline for brain health, fish for omega-3s for heart health, beans for fiber to help you know, our gut stay healthy. Beef is a top source of well-absorbed heme iron, and iron is needed to make the feel-good hormone serotonin. So there's a wide variety there, not all created equal. The amount of protein in these foods vary as well. So it's really important to try and have a mix, I would say, of plant and animal-based foods and know that if you're really trying to focus on getting enough protein, the animal foods are typically more rich in protein. So you would have to eat a few servings of plant-based proteins to get the same amount of protein that you would find in animal foods. Now that's on average, there's going to be some exceptions. Tofu, for example, is going to have, you know, a fair bit of protein as well. Harrison says daily protein needs will vary at different points of your life, but she provides a typical example. So for each meal, you want to aim for about a quarter of your plate coming from protein. That's for optimal use. So you want to spread it out throughout the day. You don't eat all your protein at the beginning of the day or the end of the day. Your body is waiting for those amino acids throughout the day. A good ballpark is 25 to 30 grams per meal. You do not need to add up, you know, the grams, but I know sometimes people find that helpful. What's the meal most shortchanged for protein? It is breakfast. So I recommend people start there. And for sure, try to include a little bit of protein in your snacks. It's going to help you feel fuller longer. But is it possible to have too much protein in your diet? When we look at the Canadian data, we find that Canadians are eating on the lower end of what's recommended for good health for protein. And I want to add as well that currently the emerging research is showing that the recommended amount of protein is actually probably not even enough for optimal 
living, healthy living and healthy aging in particular. And so I'm probably going to say here that I think there's a good chance that those protein recommendations are going to be increasing in the future. So we're not eating too much protein. We're, you know, on the lower end. I'll have more with registered dietitian Carol Harrison in one minute's time. I'm back with Carol Harrison, a nationally known registered dietitian. She addresses concerns about the amount of saturated fat in some meats. That evidence came out in the 1950s, and it was always weak evidence. And more recently, there has been a decade of really solid, big studies. I'm talking global studies, including like a half a million people that are followed for 12 years. Those um, solid methodological studies. And what they're concluding is that saturated fat is really not connected with cardiovascular disease or even mortality, period. Uh, Canadians are eating about the same amount of saturated fat as what is recommended by the WHO, the World Health Organization. That's about 10% of our calories coming from saturated fat. They say don't exceed it. We're sitting right about there. And if you wonder where we're getting most of the saturated fat from our diet, you might think it's meat, but it's actually ultra processed foods. So these are foods that are not nutrient rich anyway. So whether you sit on one side of the fence or the other, I would say focus on cutting back on those foods that are not providing a lot of good nutritional value in your diet, like the baked goods, like the fast foods, the prepared foods, and cut back there as opposed to cutting out or cutting back on a naturally nutrient-rich food like meats. The price of meat has been rising, and it's noticeable on the grocery bill. Harrison says there are ways to stretch the food dollar further while still eating meat. Meats are, yes, a little bit more expensive. Let's be honest, they're the more expensive item at the grocery store, but they're also one of the most nutritious. So I always encourage people to look at the foods that they're buying. Again, can you cut back on those sweetened cereals, pop chips and candies, um, sweetened baked goods to make a little bit more room for naturally nutrient-rich foods? Can you also blend and extend? And I know that the Canadian Food Focus website's got some great resources and recipes on that. What do I mean by that? Well, that's taking your ground beef and adding things like mushrooms or maybe even grated carrots or beans or lentils so that you're making that meat go farther. So you could imagine making tacos that have got some ground beef and some lentils in it, or maybe a soup that has got a lot of vegetables and just enough meat to get the amount of protein that you need. Meat is very, very nutritious. You don't need a huge portion to get absolutely good nutrition. About the size of a deck of cards or the palm of your hand is typically okay for most people. That's Carol Harrison. She is a nationally known registered dietitian Her comments come from the Food Focus monthly podcast. It's now 1 o'clock, time to check the GX94 precision weather forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today, cloudy with a 70% chance of diminishing light snow, another 2 to 3 centimeters possible with higher amounts locally. Winds north-northeast at 20 to 40, gusting at higher at times, the temperature holding steady around minus 5. For tonight, mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of early evening flurries. Winds northwest at 20 to 35 and diminishing, a low of minus 8. For tomorrow, mainly cloudy, winds northwest at 15 to 30, a high of minus 4, an overnight low of minus 12. For Saturday, a 30% chance of late flurries with 1 to 2 centimeters possible. Winds west at 15 to 25, a high of minus 5. For Sunday, a 40% chance of light snow, a high of minus 5. And Monday, partly sunny at times, also a high 
of minus 5. In the Paw, it's minus 10 degrees, Swan River minus 7, Dauphin, Show Lake Russell minus 8, Brandon minus 5, Roblin minus 6. Regina and Indian Head are at minus 4 degrees, Saskatoon and Broadview Mooseman minus 5, Hudson Bay, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington minus 6. The Yorkton-Melville region has light snow, a north wind at 30 gusting to 45 kilometers an hour. 91% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus 5 degrees. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 13 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for Saskag today for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines.